Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. That was, uh, that was the 9.15 a.m. crowd uh, version of good. Uh, everybody doing good? Awesome. All right, here we go. Listen, we, uh, man, it's, a, it's great to be around God's Word uh, today. Uh, every Sunday, we welcome all the generations in to the worship of our great God, uh, but Quarterly, uh, we mark them as family worship, and it's not just encouraged for families to worship together and all the generations represented. We actually uh, don't provide opportunity for you to drop your kids off, so it's a little bit forced family worship. Uh, but uh, today, uh, we just so happen in our family worship Sunday to come to a passage of Scripture uh, in our sermon series through the Gospel of Mark that speaks directly about God's heart for and his view of little children, of little children. Kids, I need your help for a few minutes, okay? Have you ever been in a space where without mom or dad or a caregiver telling you you're not welcome in this space, but you already feel like this is not a kid-friendly zone? Has anybody ever felt that? So my family and I, we lived overseas, and uh, my wife and I, we have five boys, and we were traveling uh, back through coming to, the, coming to the States, and we had a, 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 some time in Italy, and we stopped in Venice, Italy, okay? Venice, Italy is the capital of unfriendly to kids zones, okay? You actually step off of the sidewalk, and you have to save your child from drowning, okay? Like, that's the seriousness of what's going on. We're in Venice, uh, Italy, and, uh, and we're, we're with our five kids. And kids, we took all of our kids to this nice little quaint uh, restaurant, okay? And we walk in. Everybody in the restaurant is either sitting by themselves or sitting with another adult, and nobody's saying a word. And here comes the seven tailors, like the traveling circus just showed up into this restaurant, and I look at my boys. I'm like, listen, you dial in right now. This is not a space for us. I need you on, like, I need you on target. Kids, has ever, that ever happened to you? Like, you're at a restaurant, and your parents look at you and give you the look. Well, I did that, and I felt like we were doing so good. We, listen, we had a few spills, but there was no breaking of glasses, you know? Food crumbs were everywhere, but nobody was throwing food. Like, I'm a proud dad in this moment. Brooke and I are like, this is, this is working, you know? And, and all of a sudden, I feel like somebody's staring at me. Kids, y'all ever, you ever get that feeling? Like somebody's looking at me right now. And I look over and the restaurant staff is staring at us. And it's not the, oh, how cute stare. It's the death stare. Like I got my eyes on you right now. You better not mess up. We come to the end of the meal and I feel like we've done really well. We stand up, we're walking out and then it happens. One of my kids drops his ice cream onto the floor. And before the ice cream really like melted into the floor, the restaurant staff ran out with a, with a bucket and they start cleaning it up and they're, and they're talking to us in a different language. I'm just glad I didn't understand what they were saying. And we just whisked our way out. Like kids, you ever been there? You understand what I'm talking about? Like it's just not a welcome space for kids and parents, just to let you know, kids feel this, do you not? Like kids, can you just give me a, a yes? Let me ask you this. I'm gonna put a couple of pictures up on, the, up on the screen here. And I just, kids, if it is a kid-friendly zone, you feel like you can show up and be all of the kid that you are in this space, I just want you to put your hand in the air. But if not, I want you to drop it down really quick, okay? 
Is this a kid-friendly zone? Absolutely, man. I'm like, listen, Pastor Britton can absolutely crush a day at a water park, okay? I have more fun than my own kids at a water park. They're like, Dad, I'm so tired of this slide. Please. I'm like, just one more. Son, please. Let's just do it one more time. Okay, what about this right here? No, kids, you know it. You look at that and you're like, that space is not for me, okay? We could zero in in that little opera area and, and, and you're not going to find a single child in the entire place, okay? What about this right here? Oh, yeah. Some said yes, but parents, you know this is not working out well for us. If our kids show up and we go here, it's just not, we're just not welcome there. Okay, we're going to get the death stare as well. What about this right here? Yeah, Disneyland, like we're, this is it. We can be kid. We can be all kid, right? This is a space that we are welcome in. Well, listen, kids, we're in the middle of a very important sermon series in the gospel of Mark. And we're, we're being confronted each week personally and as a church with the real Jesus. Each passage is revealing his priorities and his purposes. It's showing us what his heart is for and what his heart is opposed to. And we're seeing this. And today we come to the story in the Gospel of Mark about people bringing kids to Jesus. People bringing kids to Jesus. And kids, listen, if you leave here today understanding the truth of God's word in this passage in Mark chapter 10, you are going to be really encouraged. And adults, if you walk out understanding the truth of this passage, you're going to realize this is really hard. (laughs) That's the reality before us. And so Mark chapter 10, if you have your Bibles, let's try together. Mark chapter 10, it says, And they, they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. Now what's going on in Mark chapter 10? Well, they here, these are parents, these are caregivers, these are aunts, these are uncles, these are moms, these are dads, these are grandparents. They're bringing their children, okay? And the, and the, the, ver- the, the word there literally means like little children, okay? They're bringing these little children to him. Who do you think him is? Jesus. They're bringing him to Jesus that he might touch them. So kids, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like if you are in this story, this space is kid-friendly? Do you feel like this is a place where you can be your, yourself, you can be a kid, and that you'd be welcome there? And just to, to, to paint the broader picture here, Jesus, the Son of God, who became man, is standing there, and people are bringing children to him. And can we just go ahead and say it, kids? Jesus has a lot going on. Does he not? Like, number one, the Bible says that he's upholding the universe. That means he's holding everything together right now. He's teaching crowds. He's he's performing miracles. He's he's doing all of these things. He's making disciples. And in fact, the most common, one of the most commonly used words in the gospel of Mark, you know what it is, kids? Immediately. This happens, and then immediately this happens, and immediately this happens. It's a fast-paced gospel. So do you feel like in this space you would be welcome kids? Jesus has a very full schedule. Well, the disciples didn't think so, okay? What happened? The disciples rebuked them. So they're rebuking the adults. They're rebuking the dads. They're rebuking the caregivers. And because they don't think that you little ones are welcome in this place. 
They think that, that Jesus has more important things to do. They probably feel like they're helping Jesus out. Like, I'm, I'm, help, I'm doing him a favor here. He has more important things to do than hang out with and be with and bless the little children. Like, for example, upholding the universe, right? Like performing miracles. There's throngs of adults here. He needs to teach the adults. So kids, get on out of here. He's got more important things to do. But listen to me, Jesus highly disagrees with the disciples because when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. And I did a little study this week, kids. You know what that word means, indignant? He was much grieved. He was moved emotionally when he saw this. He was upset. Now, why is that? Because I want you to listen to me the rest of this verse. It says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them for to such belongs the, the kingdom of God. And little ones, I want you to listen to me. The reason Jesus is upset is because each and every one of you are valuable to Jesus. And you are loved by Jesus. And listen to me, he doesn't have more important things to do. In fact, you are the important thing for him. He values you. He loves you. And listen to me, he goes on and he says, uh, he says, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. So in the kingdom of God, in the space, in the arena where God rules wonderfully and he reigns out of the goodness of his heart, out of, and in that space where the kingdom of God is present, you are loved and you are valued and you are elevated. You are elevated, little children. And so listen, Jesus just didn't come to be your friend. Jesus came to be your savior, to save you from your sin. And that's what Pastor Britton's about to talk about for the few minutes for our adults. But he came to save you, to set you free, every single one of you, to be able to live a life in right relationship with God and to grow in your relationship with him and to become and to be all that he has created you to be. And here's the amazing reality about a relationship with Jesus. Listen, little ones, whether it's the good things or the bad things in your life, Jesus is so big and so wise, he can use it all, every bit of it, to prepare you for eternity with him. So kids, listen, for the next few minutes, I need to talk to the adults in the room. And I'm gonna invite you to listen in. But Jesus has some very important words for the adults in the room, okay? So I need you to, I need you to try to pay attention, try to lock in and, and hear me. At the very end, I'm gonna have a little object lesson so you can be paying attention for that. But adults, I have something very important to communicate to you today. And kids, I want you to be a part of this. The big picture is, kids, that I need to tell these adults they need to become like you, that they need to become like you. And it's not because Pastor Britton says this, it's because Jesus said it. And so if you just give me just a few minutes for the adults, adults, here's, what, here's the plan today. I wanna call you, I wanna call you to take the position and the posture of a little child in your relationship with God. And secondly, I wanna charge you to prioritize passing the gospel down to the next generation. Now I'm gonna take the latter one first and end with the call for us to become like little children. Jesus was indignant 
He was grieved in this moment. He was moved emotionally. Something had happened. And, and, and what grieves us, does it not, it shares a lot about us. What moves our heart to grief, like much grief, it shares what's valuable in our life. And we're seeing something very true of Jesus. And what it says is, uh, what it says is uh, when he saw what was happening, when he saw the disciples rebuking these parents, rebuking these adults from bringing the little children in, he was indignant. He was indignant and he said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. Do not hinder them. Whatever you do, don't hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. So what's going on here? Why are the disciples rebuking these people from bringing little kids to Jesus? Well, you could point maybe to the culture of the day. The Roman culture of the day would say that kids probably were loved by mom and dad, but sometimes they weren't even loved by mom and dad. Kids in this culture, in this day that Jesus is speaking in, they don't see the value of kids because kids don't bring any value to society. They're not adding any value to the society. So the Roman culture was, they're they're not valuable. So you can discard them. So is that what's happening? Is that the mindset of the disciples? I would suggest to you that I don't think the disciples are operating out of Roman mindset where kids can be discarded. I think they're operating out of a religious mindset, listen to me, that kids can be a distraction. That kids can be a distraction. And in the day where most of us have come to realize the value of children, we can still take on the mindset of these disciples and see kids, little kids, as distractions from the greater work. So he, he wants to confront this. He wants to, he wants to root this out of his disciples. Now, can we just admit, adults in the room, that things aren't going well for the emerging generation? Things are not going well. When you think about Gen Z, those that were born from 1995 to 2015, I want you to think about our elementary ministry, the Abbey Birds. I want you to think about our student ministry that Casey Whitehouse is leading. I want you to think about our, our young adult ministry. That, that generation is not doing well. And we're not doing it well in a church to actually pass the gospel down to them. Do you know that there's more than 74 million Gen Zers in the U.S.? One in four people uh, worldwide are a part of this generation. And recent research, listen, Barna says two out of three church kids in this generation will walk away from the church. Like, we're not talking about two out of three out. We're talking about two out of three in this room. Research says they're more than likely to walk away from the church. And so when Jesus says, don't hinder the little children, he's placing a priority on kids. He wants them to come to him and not be hindered. He's saying, if you wanna be about my business, if you wanna be about my priorities, you wanna do my work, then you better focus your attention on not hindering these little ones from coming to me. And when you put that truth and juxtapose it to the realities that we're facing today in Gen Z, we should be sounding the alarms in our homes. And we should be sounding the alarms in our church. Because at best, we are significantly struggling to pass the gospel down to the next generation. 
And meanwhile, this generation is experiencing catastrophic struggles, catastrophic struggles as they seek to navigate life in this broken world. Students, this is where you can, I'm gonna dial in with you for a minute. Teenage girls in particular, I read a headline this week, teenage girls are experiencing record high levels of violence, sadness, and suicidal risk. Record high. 57% of teenage girls in the U.S. felt persistently sad and hopeless in 2021. That's double that of boys. And I could go on about statistics and research and data, but for those of us who are in the trenches of raising kids in this generation, we know this is not easy. This is a struggle. And for those of you who are invested in in ministering to kids and students and young adults, and you're invested into these ministries here at the church, you know too, these are not statistics. These are names. These are faces. These are lives of teenagers, of kids who are deeply struggling to work through life today in this broken world. So think about it. Two of three from our kids ministry, our student ministry, are projected to walk away. Just look around you, look around you, two out of three of this emerging generation. That's not okay with me in my home. And that's not okay with me as pastor. There's something we have to see what Jesus is saying here. We see the priority that he's placing here. And can I just lead with this? Even as pastor of NBC Loudon, this is not easy for me. We don't have a perfect little picture of our home. We're fighting through this together with you. We're going through these struggles alongside of you. It's not this perfect little home. In fact, we've we've learned that our nice little parenting strategies don't produce teenagers that just love God. I heard a pastor this past week, he said, pastors in their 20s aim to write books about parenting and pastors in their 50s aim to write books about prayer. And I can tell you, in my 20s, man, I had the the sharpest strategies out there. I mean, all the ones, it was gonna happen. And you know what? Now I'm in my, my 40s. You know what my strategy is now? hit my knees and plead with God for his grace in their life. I've got to do it on my knees. This is the truth. This is the the children of our generation, the children that we're raising up in our homes, the children we're welcoming in to NBC Loudon each and every week. Jesus says, do not hinder them. Don't clog up the channel of these young ones coming to me. So in light of that, I wanna press into this point. I want us to prioritize passing the gospel down to the next generation. I wanna call you to join the fight. Jump in the game. Don't entrust this to Abby Bird and Jill, uh, and don't entrust this to the kids ministry team. I want every single one of us to jump in and join the game. And you say, well, Britton, what can I do? What can I do? How do I get off of the sidelines and into the game of prioritizing, passing the gospel down to the next generation? Well, number one, I wanna call us as a church family to pray, to pray. Listen, we are in war 
And our war is not calling us to better methods and better models and better strategies. Our war is saying we need to fight this on our knees. We need to be pleading with God on a regular basis and praying that God would move powerfully among this generation. And not just for 21 days in January, but for 365 days of 2023. Let's lean in and pray together. Let's pray for those who have walked away from the church. Let's pray for the prodigals. Let's plead with God to awaken teenagers' hearts to see the love and the truth and the glory of Jesus and follow him with everything. Let's pray for our kids' ministry. Let's pray for our homes, our moms and our dads. Let's pray. Let's press in and pray, not just talk about it. Let's get on our knees and pray. And you might be saying, well, Britton, I'm not sure how to do that. And here's what I want to tell you. Every single week, we send out an e-news, and it keeps you informed about all that is going on at NBC Loudon. And this week, I commit to sending you a prayer guide for how you can be praying for the next generation. And so if you're not receiving that e-news, you can go to our website, mcclainbible.org slash e-news, or you can just go to our website, scroll all the way down, hit join the newsletter. And this week, you will have a resource that you can download and start using on a regular basis to plead and to pray for the next generation. Church, let's pray. But also, I want to call us to prepare every single one of us to prepare. Today, you got this card when you walked in to worship upcoming classes at NBC Loudon. Now, I want you to think about this. If you're going to get in the fight, you're going to get in the game of passing the gospel down to the next generation, you and I need to be prepared for this. And we don't need to just passively wait and then just kind of wing it when we have the opportunity We need to proactively get after it and prepare our lives and grow deeper in our knowledge of who God is and deeper in our love for him so that when we have the opportunity, we're prepared. We're prepared. So you look at this list of classes, re-engage. This is an ongoing class at McLean Bible Church. You can jump in at any time, and this is for couples, married couples, and you need to have better health in your marriages. Your marriage is struggling in this way or that way or in many ways. I commend to you this class to better prepare you to have a healthy marriage by which through that marriage you can disciple the next generation. It's led by one of our elders, Ken Tucker. Look at the very next one, membership orientation. Let me ask you a question. If a 16-year-old came to you and said, why do I need McLean Bible Church, Loudon? Would you be able to open up the Bible and explain to them the importance of God's church? Not just, not just attending an event, but like the importance of being a part of a church. If you can't do that, then I commend this class to you. And next week, you will learn from God's word in 45 minutes and will feed you and provide childcare for you. How the local church is, should be a priority for you and your walk with Jesus. Look at the next one, preparing for marriage. We have a number of, of uh, engaged or about to be engaged uh, couples. On the backside, you have baptism class. Could you sit down and talk with a, a teenager or a child about what is baptism? Why is it important? 
could you give a personal testimony about you being baptized as a believer, as a public declaration of your faith and your trust and your obedience to Jesus? If you can't, this class is for you. That same day, we're gonna start a, a class called Grace and Truth. And this is gonna be a class to help us as a church to think well about issues of gender and sexuality and how to hold firm to biblical convictions, but do, do it with a lot of compassion and grace. You have the story of the Bible. The, the, on, on March 12th, story of the Bible, Abby Bird's gonna lead this fabulous class. In, in one hour, she's gonna help you understand the grand narrative of scripture. Could you sit down with a child and explain them Genesis to Revelation and why that's the greatest story and it will make their story make sense and it will lead them to having a happy ending in their story. If you can't, you need to sign up for this class. And it goes on and on and on. Parenting teens coming after Easter. The best news class, helping our kids understand the greatest news ever in the parenting commissioning class. Listen to me. If we're gonna effectively pass the gospel down to the next generation, then you and I need to be prepared. And I commend these classes to you. But number three, I want you to participate. This is where parents, I wanna look at you real quick and I wanna ask you, are you cultivating the faith of your children in and through your home? Is this a priority? Is this a priority for you? Uh, last summer, Brooke and I got up and we were walking our dog out around in our neighborhood and I hear these parents like just clapping. And, Come on, little Timmy, you've got this, let's go. And I walk around the corner and down the road, these kids, like six, eight, 10 years old, they're running down the road in their bathing suit. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? My kids are still asleep. And so I'm like, bro, we gotta figure out what's going on. And so we walk and we follow along and every block or so there's just parents, come on, you've got this. And we finally get to the rec center in our little neighborhood and guess what? They're having a triathlon for kids. You got you, you hear what I'm saying? Like this, and parents are like into it. They made time for this. They got little Timmy up out of bed. You're gonna go and swim and bike and run, and we're gonna do this, right? Listen, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with leading our kids in athletics or academics and to do it in a God-honoring way. But let me ask you this, are you putting that type of relentless focus in cultivating the faith of your children in your home? Parents, are you doing this? Are you modeling to them what it means to follow Jesus? Notice I didn't say, are you setting a high moral standard in your home? I said, are you modeling for them what it means to follow Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus in the hard times? Are you repenting of sins and shortcomings? Are you cultivating a love relationship with Jesus right before their eyes? Are you doing this in your home? Are you teaching them? Are you helping them navigate these, these massive shifts in our culture? Listen to me, somebody's discipling our kids and it can be TikTok or it can be us. I would recommend that we really seriously consider the effort we're taking in our homes to disciple the next generation. Parents, get in the game, but not just parents. Listen to me, every single one of us in this church family need to be involved. I have this nice 
plum-colored, here-to-serve t-shirt on that Abby Bird has gifted me, and I wear it with great honor, and I see some of you wearing it here today. These shirts represent the serve teams that go back in the back and make disciples of our children each and every Sunday, and we honor you today. We honor your, the student uh, serve teams that are pouring into students and teenagers. You're taking time out of your Wednesday night or your Sunday morning or going to events. We honor you today. For our special needs ministry, access ministry, you're pouring your love and your care for some of the most vulnerable people in our society. We honor you today. And listen to me. We will join you today, okay? And I encourage every single one of you, listen, there is a role for you to play in the discipleship of the next generation. And I encourage you to go to our website, mcclainbobble.org serve to join in one of these serve teams. So we wanna prioritize the passing down of the next generation. And secondly, this is where I'm gonna end on today. We wanna take the position and the posture of a little child in our relationship with God. He says, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, listen, look at the words, shall not enter it. That's a shocking statement. That was a shocking statement then, and it's a shocking statement today. Notice what Jesus says. Not if you don't become like a little child, you won't be great in the kingdom. He says you won't even enter it you will not even enter it. Now listen, in Loudoun County and a lot of our families today, children might be the center of our world. But in this world that Jesus is speaking into, children were not. And what he is saying is, I believe is, he's calling those who want to be with Jesus, those who wanna follow Jesus, you need to assume the, the position of a child which is not the center of the universe. Okay, heads up parents, it's not. What it is in Jesus's day was the bottom rung of the ladder. In the social hierarchy, their kids couldn't get any lower. They were right next to the servants, to the slaves of the day. And Jesus is saying, as you wanna enter into the kingdom of God, you don't need to have this upward mobility pursuing upward mobility in the social hierarchy. In fact, you need to reverse that thing and you need to descend down to the lowest rung and then you can enter into the kingdom of God. Then you can enter the kingdom of God. And he's saying, if you go up, you're gonna miss out. And here's the scary part, listen. In Loudoun County, we can use Jesus as a means to climb the ladder. Can we not? To climb the social ladder. And Jesus is saying, if that's your way, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out. We need to assume the position of a child, the least of these, the lowest of the rung, and we need to humble ourselves uh, in light of this. But not just the low, humble position, but also referring to the posture of a child. Listen, everybody knows this. And kids, you can say amen to this. Kids are totally dependent on adults. Little children need us for everything. And they are unashamedly needy, are they not? And kids are like, absolutely, that's me. And adults are like, I, I don't like that. I'm not liking what you're stepping into. This is not sounding good, Britton. Track with me, okay? For adults, primarily, our operating system is, I got this, 
until I don't, right? I got this. My relationships, I got it. I got it until I don't, and then I go to God. My vocation, I got this. I got this until I don't, and then I go to God, right? In our parenting, in our, in our marriages, in, 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 in life in general, our operating system is I got this until I don't, and I'll reach up to God. The best way to illustrate this is to tell you about my Valentine's Day experience this past week, okay? I rose to the challenge of Pastor Mike saying, you can't meet these unrealistic expectations this past week. And I was like, oh yes, I can, okay? Flowers on the desk at my wife's office, I got this, right? Nice family meal with heart-shaped pizzas. Kids, you feeling me? I got this. Little donuts, nice heart-shaped donuts from Dunkin' Donuts to celebrate the love holiday. I got this. Ordering Amazon, the very link that my wife sent me in text message and said, get this for me for Valentine's Day. I got this. Writing a love poem to the love of my life. I don't got this. So what did I do? I did what any person in the 21st century in 2023 needs to do in this moment. I signed up for ChatGPT. And boy, can it write an amazing love poem. Like the emotion just came out of this thing. It was powerful. It was beautiful, right? I got this until I don't. Now listen to me. We can oftentimes approach our relationship with God this way. And Jesus is saying, if that's how you do this, you won't enter the kingdom of God. You need to be unashamedly needy. You need to be totally dependent and come to me. Now, here's where I wanna bring this to a close. I wanna go ahead and invite our worship team back up here. And kids, you can go ahead and pull out the putty because I'm about to make this illustration. I wanna make sure every single one of us understands this. Might be the most important thing that we hear today. Every one of us, and listen up, every one of us has looked at God and said, I don't need you. We've looked at God and said, I don't want you. I wanna rule my life, not you. And as a result of that sin, we have experienced death. And you might be like, Britton, I feel pretty alive right now. Here's the reality. You are spiritually dead in your sin if that's the condition of your heart. And the Bible says that your heart is like a rock. I pulled this out of the rock area right when I was walking in this morning. This rock is hard. And your your heart, the Bible says, is like this rock. You don't love God. And you are fooled into thinking that you don't need him and you don't want him, you're saying, I got this, okay? But by God's grace, children, adults, everyone who can hear me, by God's grace and in his kind mercy in our lives, when we come to Jesus, not in our put togetherness, not in our, I got this, but in our total dependence and our utter need for him, Jesus, the savior of this world, takes our rock hard heart and exchanges it for being a soft heart, a heart that can grow to love him, 
a heart that can worship him, a heart that finds joy in following Jesus. Not perfectly, not perfectly. But something supernatural happens when we become like a child and enter into a relationship with God through Jesus. He takes out a rock hard heart and he exchanges it for a soft heart. And you can get out this putty and just for a few minutes, kids, you can touch this putty and think about the softness and how it's moldable. And you can take this and you can, you can work through and it's nice and soft. It's not anything like a rock. And listen to me, when we do that and we stay aware of our great need for Jesus and we operate life in total dependence of him, guess what happens? He begins to transform our lives to look more like Jesus. You never outgrow being a child, by the way, in the kingdom of God. Do you know that? You're not gonna look up one day and be like, okay, I'm no longer a child in the kingdom of God. You will forever be a child, totally dependent on God, utterly in need of him. And he will forever love you and he will never let you down. That's the promise of the gospel. So I leave you with this truth. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Can we pray together? Lord, even in this moment, I pray for children. I pray for students. I pray for adults. I pray for my life. I pray for their life, God. It just seems like everything around us is pressing us into being independent, self-absorbed. This is all about us and we got this. But in the hard moments of life, we realize deep down we don't have this and we need you. So we come even now, maybe for the first time or in a fresh way, we come. We come totally dependent on you, Jesus. Totally dependent and unashamedly needy and realizing that we are deeply loved by you. We place our faith in you. We turn back to you even now, Jesus, and we follow you. We thank you for your love in our life and thank you for the teaching from Mark chapter 10. In Jesus' name we pray.